0: Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. Welcome back to the Q4 Impact Podcast, and welcome, Ron. So often, we start immediately on the topic at hand, but I want to start today by first asking, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I just returned from two fun things, spending a number of days with my grandkids, which uh, I'm I'm uh, called Uber Poppy, uh, driving uh, here and there. And then a, a glorious week volunteering at a Johnny and Friends family retreat. So I'm um, in good shape, Susan.
0: Both sound wonderful. Now, many people watching may not know this, but you and I actually live on the opposite sides of the country. And about 10 years ago, I made the decision to move from the West to the East Coast, and that was a really big decision. So that is our topic for today, decision-making. And I know that you have a lot of passion surrounding that. Why don't you tell us where that passion comes from?
1: It's uh, It comes from being at the stage of life that I'm in and realizing How many decisions have already been made, as well as the fact that there is a number of really important decisions to be made, and I don't find the topic gets discussed all that much, and I think it's a really critical issue that deserves some attention, and uh, so... I'm, I'm excited to to be able to talk about this with you.
0: I'm glad. I know you always like to focus a lot of the conversation to the fourth quarter audience. And coming from a little bit different quarter, I always think, wow, no, this issue is very important for everyone and for those in my stage of life as well. But why would you say it is more critical um, for those in the fourth quarter?
1: I think that two things that immediately come to my mind is that mistakes that are made in the decision-making process in the fourth quarter don't allow for much time to recover. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, a, a perhaps best example of that is a financial decision. Mm-hmm. You spend your life you know, building up your assets to be able to live the way that you were hoping to live as the, as the years get to, to, towards the end. And so much of that is dependent on the success of your investments. And so if you make a bad investment in the fourth quarter and some of those funds go away, that really can change what you're able to do. Uh, in at the end of your life. So that's the first part that comes. And the second part is, you know, there's one thing very unique about the fourth quarter and that's that there's no fifth quarter. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in, in the second quarter, there's always the third to kind of fix things or in the third quarter, you have the fourth. But in the fourth, it's uh there is there is no next opportunity, so the bigger decisions, especially, really require some careful attention to well, how do you do this? like how does one make a decision? And I think there are elements to what goes into making a successful decision and a, and a healthy decision. Uh.
0: I can appreciate that frame of, or that perspective. I can think when I put myself in the shoes of someone in the fourth quarter, making a weighty decision, feeling as though they, they can't change a potential outcome, I would imagine that would at times also lead to paralysis. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it, it's as you get older, especially, I, mm-hmm. I, you recognize things that maybe you saw in your parents and you said, you know, well, I'm not going to be that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you find yourself being that way. And <laughs> well,
0: <that's true>.
1: so <laughs> it, sometimes it really can paralyze your willingness or your excitement to take the next step, to take another step. Like, for example, the sale of your home. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm facing that decision here in the next coming years. It's not practical for us to stay where we are for that much longer. And so, like, wow, we'll have been in our house for 35 years. And, you know, there's all kinds of little things that you... Uh, get used to things like well, when the lights are out at night, I actually can don't need the lights because I know where everything is and stuff is so familiar. Uh, so it can it can cause you to not want to make the change that you really should make. Yeah. And you know, a not making a decision is a decision.
0: Very true.
1: And so. There's a lot of reasons, I think, why we become hesitant as we get older to make decisions. And we we become afraid. We become so focused on wanting to be comfortable Mm -hmm. and safe and familiar. And, And there's nothing wrong with those things, per se, but there there do come times where, where we should be making an adjustment and be changing the scenario and the settings as we approach those later years of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a final thought is on this question mm-hmm. is sometimes I believe as we reach these later years, our sixties and seventies, I think many of us maybe lose their willingness to follow, to you know, to follow the Lord, to to have that maybe courage that says, okay, there's some scariness to this decision, yeah. but I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna follow him. He's been with me all of my life. Why should I be afraid to do something new, mm-hmm. and and it comes with the kind of the psychology of aging, you know what's going on inside of us, and and so it's it's delicate and it's difficult, and so I think this is a great thing for our audience to really think about. Think about how are you processing these latter decisions, right? It's, is your decision making you know, based on what it should be versus some sort of you know um, dysfunctional thing that's happened to you or emotional thing
0: and what I hear you beginning to touch on, and even in the example that you you gave of perhaps approaching a necessary move, is underlying motivation. So even a decision. That is not made as you point out is a decision something is motivating that and so being able to recognize what those underlying motivations are is so critical Um, and as you point out some naturally just come with age and they're not necessarily wrong but if we don't recognize them then we're not always able to take them into account as we look at a decision before us so what thoughts do you have about how someone may be able to begin identifying what is underlying their approach in facing decisions
1: i think i would start with reaffirming a very simple question and that is who is lord of our lives who who is jesus to us is he still the one that we want to follow that we want to pattern our lives after that we want to please Mm -hmm. or has he kind of his authority in our lives been lessened and other things are now a part of what causes us to do something or not do something uh things like our kids you know are what if the decision we might believe is is what god is leading us to what if one of our kids maybe doesn't like that you know does does your child do your children you know over uh What's the word I'm looking for? Have more
0: influence, maybe more influence over an outcome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or are your pleasures, you know, do you enjoy something so much that that becomes the real focus of what decision you're going to make because this one aspect of life, maybe it's a hobby or it's a habit or it's the weather or it's whatever it is. and that just kind of replaces the Lord. And uh, is Jesus as much the Lord of our lives in our 60s, 70s, and 80s as he was in our 20s, 30s, and 40s? That's a good question for us to be asking ourselves.
0: I agree. And I know as you and I spoke, in preparing for this episode, it is really the answer to that question in terms of who or what is our priority that is going to guide so many of our decisions. As you were sharing some of that, um, <laughs> it made me think of the messaging that we get all around us, and that is that it is all about me. And I think that even outside of you know, someone or something else, we tend to, to naturally go that place. I think if in our humanity, apart from being transformed by the grace of God and then making him our priority, I know for myself, I can tend to be fairly selfish. And I think that those those me factors can often um, be the temptation to lead in our decisions. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're wrestling with influence in our lives. It's real. It's this, there's, there's a wrestling match with our own selfishness. And then there's a wrestling match with what's the crowd doing and mm-hmm. where is the culture, you know, sending us what's being advertised and put in front of us. You know, recently I was on social media and I was just flipping through and that uh, you you're seeing people put pictures of their vacation and pictures of this hotel they're staying at that has this amazing pool and, and, you know, you just find yourself like, is, is this what it's all about is how many vacations, what's the quality of vacation that I could go on or, you know, have I played the fancy golf courses? Cause that's where that messaging of, of, you know, enjoy, you know, Go see things. Go do these pleasurable things, which, of course, there's nothing wrong with being on vacation and going to a nice place, but where does that fit in our daily lives? And, you know, I was, as I was preparing for the conversation, and I I don't think I shared this verse of scripture, it didn't come up recently in our discussions about The verse where I think Jesus said that straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. Life. Like, what did he mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) Is that, you know, pleasures, personal pleasures, personal satisfactions, you know, have an element of of benefit. But life is when we're really walking in the will of God and doing the things that really are dear to Him. So I think it's important in our decision-making that we kind of recognize what what is going on around us. What are the persuasive forces? What are the outer forces, the culture, the crowd, the popularity thing? and then what's going on inside of us that that's causing us to think a certain way or to lean in a certain direction when we're contemplating making a big decision.
0: Yes, and even as as believers, when we're seeking him, there are still many of those types of motivations and drivers that really are not selfish per se. And yet still need to be identified and recognized into kind of how we come to the table because we all have those filters.
1: We do. And I'm, I don't want to be blind to my filters. I don't want to not see the forces inside of me that have resulted in the, some of the mistakes that I've made. And uh, and I and I'm I think I'm recognizing some of them. And and if you don't mind, Susan, I'm going to confess one of them. Um, I I can be compulsive, you know. I could what? see something. Yes, yes. I don't think a lot of people that know me would be that surprised <laughs> to say that. But I get I get excited when I see something of value or of beauty or of worth and i'm ready to like jump in and and a couple times i've jumped in and i should have <laughs> jumped in and so you know going forward when i'm in that setting i want to reckon ron slow down you know take a deep breath go home sleep it you know sleep one night before you're ready to to do something that's a, an example
0: and that's where we're headed i love that example because making wise decisions does not come easily for most of us because there are so many competing um, motivations drivers as you said from within and from without so that is why we're talking about it and there is a part two to this conversation because we want to be able to apply some specific principles and suggestions we're navigating these difficulties and complexities
1: today. I I think we've thrown out the influences and the setting and the surroundings that we're trying to make decisions in the midst of. We yes. could add, you know, the politics. There's, there's so many things. And next week, in our next podcast, we're going to maybe spend more time on the practicals you know how so how do we in the midst of all of this ensure that the things that we're deciding to do are done for the proper reasons
0: yes yes i'm looking forward to going there this week maybe a little shorter i think i could probably safely say next week we're probably going to talk a little longer than normal because there are some very key things that i know have already helped me as we've been preparing for this. Well, so, any final words before I wrap us up today?
1: Yeah, I just I hope we've given enough. Uh, maybe this is the hors d'oeuvre for next <laughs> week, and uh, because next week we're really going to try to to focus on what you know what are the exercises, what are the habits, what are the things to be weighing and measuring as we approach the decisions and especially highlighting the fact that our decision-making foundation has to be uh, founded on the word of God and on pleasing the one who's given us life.
0: Yes, I couldn't say it better. So our prayer is that today's takeaway will leave you asking yourself, who is it that you most want to please and who is the priority in your life for making decisions, and then begin to give consideration to knowing yourself and what are your underlying motivations that enter into decisions before you. We hope you've been encouraged today, and we look forward to being back with you next week for part two of decision making. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter, continually impacting the world around you for Christ.